Welcome to The Hammer, where we hit the nail on the head with insights from the world of Canadian renovation and custom home contracting. Now here's your host, the editor of Canadian Contractor Magazine, Patrick Flannery. Hi, and welcome to The Hammer. I'm Pat Flannery, editor of Canadian Contractor Magazine. Today we're joined by Ian Howcroft. He is the CEO of Skills Ontario. As you know, Skills Ontario is involved with promoting the trades and involvement in the trades to uh, students and young people and parents and educators across Ontario. Uh, they run a regional skills competition that kicks up the winners to a provincial competition and then to national and even international competitions. Uh, it's been a great approach for promoting the trades over the years. Uh, recently, Skills Ontario was uh, given a new grant by the Ontario government. Uh, we talk a bit about that. Uh, Ian and I certainly get into the, the mission of Skills Ontario and the bigger question of how we attract people to the trades, how we get young people involved with the trades, some of the new initiatives that they're pursuing. Um, just that whole question of uh, let's get uh, young people back uh, involved with working with their hands and uh, not necessarily always focused on uh, uh, professional desk job careers down the road. And uh, I think it's uh, something that concerns all of us and, and that we think about a lot. And I uh, hope you enjoy this conversation with Ian Howcroft of Skills Ontario. Okay, I'm here with uh, Ian Howcroft. He is the uh, CEO of Skills Ontario. How are you doing today, Ian? Uh, very well, thank you. Uh, pleased to be here and pleased to talk with you, Patrick. Yeah, it's really uh, it's really great to uh, to be able to get together. Uh, it's been uh, uh, probably a long time coming. Um, Ian, why don't we start out by you uh, telling us a bit about uh, yourself and 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 what you're doing and 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 your background with. Uh, with Skills Ontario and the industries, I guess. Sure, as you say, I'm the CEO of, of Skills Ontario, and uh, this month I will be celebrating my two and a half year anniversary with the organization. Uh, really pleased to be here. These are really interesting times and some new and different challenges that I'm facing and the organization's facing that uh, we hadn't envisioned or planned for even a few months ago. Uh, my background is I was uh, with a manufacturing lobby group called Canadian Manufacturing Exporters for almost 30 years. And every year we identified what the key issues and policy priorities were for the manufacturing sector. And one of the top three uh, every year was skills shortages, uh, competencies, talent. Uh, and uh, I was on the board of Skills Ontario for many years uh, and knew about the organization. And when they were looking for a new executive director or CEO, I ultimately decided to throw my hat in the ring because I was looking for a for a change and wanted to work for an organization that uh, would allow me to use my expertise and what I developed over the years uh, and be able to focus on an issue that I thought uh, we could make a difference and a change. So for, uh, for 30 years, I was talking about the challenges around skill shortages. Uh, now I'm able to talk about that, but also to take more concrete uh, initiatives to come up with uh, solutions and uh, deal with some of the practical realities and how we better address this than just talking about it in policy terms or public public uh, policy terms. So uh, I, I'm allowed to do that at Skills Ontario. The organization has been around for uh, just over 30 years. Uh, it started in Barrie, Ontario with Skills Canada and it grew to become Skills Ontario and Skills Canada took on a more national role and now there are skills organizations in every province and territory uh, and there's a national organization that uh, develops the national competition uh, we are all independent organizations, but we all work collaboratively to uh, realize our collective goals 
and objectives. And I think it's, uh, it's done a great job to raise the profile of skills and technology opportunities. It, getting involved with the skills promotion kind of kind of pulls you in, doesn't it? Because because of the at least it, it has to me because of the the human element involved. You know, I mean, there's there's so many young uh, people out there that uh, you know university isn't necessarily for them. Uh, doesn't mean they're dumb. Uh, it means it means university is not for them. Uh, and uh, and and I, I I view it as there's been a there's been a a wasted effort for a long time to uh, to really uh, to really get to, to to have what there used to be in terms of in terms of engagement with the trades. Uh, do, do you like like it's 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 an opportunity to really help young people, isn't it? Yeah, what that's what we do. Our our raison d'etre is to promote skilled trades and technology careers to young people. Uh, university is a great option and opportunity for many colleges. Uh, skilled mm -hmm. trades are. What our goal is to make sure that young people are aware of all opportunities, that they're exposed to a whole variety of careers, and that they can make a decision uh, and follow a pursuit that's of interest to them, that they're, they're making it based on decisions, uh, information, and facts, as opposed to perceptions, or not even thinking about it or being exposed to it at all. Uh, you know, we are dealing with, uh, with the perceptions that students have, and they get that sometimes from from uh, the education system, they get it sometimes from friends, they get it sometimes from parents. So while our goal is to promote skilled trades, technology, careers to young people, we're trying to do that in a variety of ways differently than perhaps in the past and better engage parents, uh, better engage the business community, uh, work with the great partnership we have with the education system here in the province and, and tie that all together. So I, I think that there's a, an opportunity right now, timing is good uh, and uh, we're seeing how we can better portray and make sure young people get that information that they need. We go into the schools uh, in, a normal, in, a, in the normal world, we go into the schools and do in-class and school presentations, uh, get in front of 100 to 125,000 uh, kids uh, in, a, in a normal year. Uh, we're looking to increase that, but right now with the pandemic, uh, we moved to uh, a virtual platform. We're doing it through, uh, through, uh, through, through uh, WebEx or Teams or uh, and, and, and Zoom, but uh, we're, we're trying to make sure that what we're doing is uh, getting kids, parents, businesses, the information that they need, that they can have the opportunity to make decisions that we want. And I think we've done well as an organization to be able to pivot during the pandemic and get the information out virtually. Uh, I think the organization and the team here has done a, a wonderful job, but we do look forward to getting back to the opportunity we can go back in, in, in schools. Virtual opportunities are great, uh, but we also want to have that experiential component as well. How do you find out what it's like to have a, a skilled trade if you're not able to get your hands on the tools and, and try it in, in, in real life? So uh, we, we can do that virtually, but we also want and, and look forward to finding ways where we can get in front of the kids again. Yeah, absolutely. And I... I I know directly what you're talking about. I mean, I, I, I remember, of course, this was uh, now in the early 80s that I'm talking about, but I remember back in, you know, grade eight, getting advice from high school teachers on what to take in high school. And of course, the, uh, the, 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 the advice at that time was very much to the effect of, you know, you were, you were going to live this miserable existence of drudgery if you didn't go to university. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and here we, you know, here we sit, uh, uh, oh God, I guess, 35 years later. Uh, and, um, and uh, to, to, to be honest, how, how much of your conversation at the, at the high schools involves the money-making potential? I, I mean, I, mean there, I think what, a lot of what needs to be communicated to these kids is, 
is the fact that they could probably make more money in the trades than they can yeah, with a lot that, of university degrees. That, that, that's exactly right. We're, we're trying to give them all the information that they need so that mm -hmm. they can make a decision. How you can have a, a rewarding career uh, in the trades and technologies, how you can uh, have a job that you enjoy and you have a passion for, and what's the, uh, the, the compensation package that's attached to that. And I think it's uh, surprising, if not shocking to many, as to realizing how much they can make by becoming an electrician or working in construction or working in manufacturing. These are, are, are jobs that have lucrative career paths. And, and it also opens many doors. You know, you can become a, a tradesperson, you can become an entrepreneur, you can go on to do other things. So uh, it's just uh, open your eyes and it opens the doors to a whole array of, of career opportunities. And again, it might not be for everybody, but uh, there's gonna be many people who aren't even aware of what these opportunities are if it's not raised in, for them. So that, that's what we're trying to do is make sure that they're aware of that uh, through uh, the in-school presentations that we do. Uh, we have uh, other programming focused on, uh, on girls and young women. We have fo programming focused on Indigenous youth, trying to make sure that we're being as inclusive and recognizing the importance of diversity around the province and engaging as many people uh, as we can. And again, our, our core audience is the students, the, the young people, but to better get them, we're also working to get to their parents, to, to get to businesses, uh, to engage them, and to continue to build on the excellent partnerships we've had with, uh, with the educators. We have 72 uh, school boards in Ontario, and we try and work with uh, all of them. We have, I think it's 24, 25 public colleges in Ontario, and we try and uh, work with all of them. They're excellent partners. And how do we tie that together? Uh, ultimately, uh, we had to cancel our in-person programming this year, but we have in normal years, the largest skills competition in the country. We have almost 2,500 competitors come out uh, to the Toronto Congress Centre. We get about 30,000 visitors there and hold 70 different contests over two days. And uh, it's a great event, a uh, wonderful event. And I can speak about it and talk about it, but when you get there, it has the wow factor by getting there and experiencing it mm -hmm. and seeing not just the excitement on the competitors' faces, but the excitement of the room about young people going and seeing and having their eyes again open to what these opportunities could uh, hold for them in the future. They might want to pick up a, you know, a hammer and a saw or become a landscape architecture or culinary arts or you know, whatever it is, but this gives them the opportunity to try their hand at it, to see what others are doing and open their, again, open their eyes, to open their doors for, for what their futures can hold. Is that event on for next year, as far as we know at this time, Ian, or what's the... We're, we're planning for it. Uh, we're planning for different scenarios, having our normal type of event, having an event where we do the competition, but perhaps can't host uh, thousands of students and uh, other visitors at the event, and doing what we did this year and pivoting to hold a, a virtual competition. Uh, our preference and goal is to have the, uh, the full-fledged... Uh, competition. But again, that's going to depend on what the uh, health and safety priorities and realities are that we have to deal with. Even uh, in normal years, safety and uh, health of our, uh, of our students, of our competitors is the utmost uh, priority for us. Uh, so that will continue to be the case and we'll, we'll work our, around that. But uh, we'll have to see. Um, I'm sensing that the things won't be back to normal uh, for next year, but who knows, I'm no expert. I'm listening to what the health and safety uh, officials are saying, but we're looking at what, what can we do? How do we do this? Do we have smaller events that allow for the, uh, the in-person competitions, but we have to space them out and, and, and uh, do we do that within a large venue and just have uh, social distancing within that? Or do we have you know four or five different events in different locations? We're, we're not sure what we're doing. We're just planning for different, uh, different scenarios to be as prepared as we can be. What would the date of that be if it was able to go ahead? 
Uh, we hold it in the first the full week of May. Okay. Uh, so, uh, well, we, maybe. Yeah, may, maybe. Uh, and the first uh, Monday is the elementary school challenges. And the Tuesday is the uh, secondary and uh, post-secondary competitions. And the uh, Wednesday is the uh, medal ceremony and the celebration. And we also hold at the same time uh, a very uh, uh, grow, large and growing uh, First Nations conference. And we also hold the largest uh, girls and young women's conference in the country. We have about 2,000 girls and young women participating, getting to uh, them to meet mentors and see and hear about what uh, what uh, girls and young women have done uh, to uh, pursue a career in the skilled trades and technology careers. So it's a great event with, with my bias on the table. If, if, if you've ever seen my daughters trying to mow the lawn, Ian, you'll know that your work's cut out for you. But anyway, yes. we'll... <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty of that as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, we'll, um, um, you, you know what, that's, that's, that's very interesting. What, 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 uh, what, what trades are typically uh, uh, represented there? I mean, I know you, you must have people from all over all different sectors, but... Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we have construction trades, we have uh, motive power uh, competitions, uh, construction uh, services, uh, culinary arts, fashion, landscape architecture, uh, robotics, uh, coding, uh, 3D and 2D animation. Uh, we, we have 70 different uh, discrete competitions over the, over the two days. So we try and give a, a, an opportunity in all areas to as many that uh, participate. Uh, this year, uh, again, we, we had to cancel, but uh, in, in normal years, uh, there's uh, regional competitions around the province and school boards identify who they're going to send. Uh, we do some qualifying competitions for some of the more popular ones, uh, culinary arts, uh, uh, electrical, uh, video, uh, and we have about uh, seven uh, college uh, facilities around the province where we uh, have what we call a qualifying regional competition and they move on to... Uh, to the main competition, the winners there, and then around the province, many of the school boards hold their own regional competitions to identify who will move on to the provincial competition. And from there, the uh, the winners of the Ontario competition can go on to the national competition. And from there, there's the opportunity to go on to the world skills competition. Wow. Uh, that's held every two years. Last year, it was in, uh, it was in Kazan, Russia. Uh, next year, it's scheduled to be in Shanghai, China. So again, we'll have to see uh, how, how that all comes into play, given we're and it's still in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, we'll, uh, I know that Shanghai is planning to host it, but uh, we'll have to see how, how, how that goes. It was a wonderful experience for the Ontario and Canadian students that went to Kazan last year in, in, in Russia. I had the privilege and opportunity to go to, and it's, it's a wonderful experience. It's like the, uh, the Olympics, you know, and yeah. uh, each, each country parades in their competitors. Uh, I think there's about 55 different countries having competitors there. Uh, you know, you had 30 to 40,000 people in the stadium welcoming these competitors from around the world. Uh, and uh, President Putin was there at, for the closing ceremony and to really congratulate people. So it's it's a it's a high oh. level full production uh, event uh, similar to what you would experience at the Olympics. Not quite that level, but uh, pretty pretty uh, pretty impressive. Oh well, that sounds that sounds amazing. It's certainly a you know, just a what, what what an awesome opportunity for young people uh, to uh, to be able to, to get that experience. It, it is neat. Um, let's. Uh, what, that sounds. You know, you guys are you guys are doing important work for sure. Let's move on to this announcement that uh, we just had come out the other day. Uh, Skills Ontario receives additional five million dollars in support for government of Ontario to promote skilled trades. Tell us what's going on there, Ian, and 
what you guys are going to do with all this money. Well, uh, we're, we're really pleased to increase our partnership with the Ontario government. And both the Ontario and federal government have been partners of Skills Canada, Skills Ontario, uh, right when it started back in 1989. And they've continued to be uh, supporters uh, of ours. Uh, the Ontario government uh, saw in us that uh, perhaps we could do even more uh, to realize, again, our common goals and objectives to promote skilled trades and technology careers to young people. Uh, so we're going to be going into more schools, uh, whether it's virtually or in person, we're being prepared for both, uh, particularly at the younger ages, to, to make sure that uh, kids are aware of what these opportunities are on as early as possible. We're not trying to indoctrinate them, but we're trying to expose them and make them aware of what kind of opportunities and careers that they could be considering uh, as uh, they go through the different school years. Uh, many schools don't necessarily have shop classes anymore. So what we're going to be doing with some of the funding is to develop a skills on wheels opportunity, develop a shop class that we can take to the school and, and have different types of equipment for younger, uh, younger kids and older kids so they can have an experiential opportunity to try their hand at building something or trying a tool. Some of it will be virtual, like virtual welding and, and some of the other opportunities that we have, but some of it will be actually hands-on, getting, getting exposed to what a, a skilled trade career or a technology career could, could be. And again, we'll cover the four or five areas, the, uh, the manufacturing and motor power, construction, services, uh, technology, and, and give the kids uh, an opportunity to see and, and feel what it may be like to uh, consider one of those uh, career opportunities. So uh, we're also going to be doing more uh, regional work around the province. We're going to be uh, having outreach people to try and tie things together. Uh, we're doing kind of an environmental scan this summer to find out who's involved in the, in the, in the skilled trades and technology opportunities. How do we tie this together? How do we create more of a, a pathway forward for young people that want to pursue and explore a career opportunity? And how do we make that connection to employers and expose employers to a source of, uh, of skilled workers that they need? Uh, the pandemic has been uh, hugely challenging and, and uh, terrible in, in many regards, but I think it's also highlighted and shown us some of the important skills, some of the important and essential jobs that exist in the province that we need not just to uh, uh, to, uh, to have economic growth, but to have health and safety growth, to ensure that we have the supply chain running. So people may be looking at the skilled trade career a little differently than they would four months ago, seeing how important it is to keep the economy going, to keep the health and safety of the, the province going. So we're, we're trying to uh, make sure that people are aware of what these opportunities hold and how they can pursue that and try them out uh, as early as possible, but we'll be doing it into the high schools as well. And we have many competitors in some of our competitions that, that participate in the post-secondary education. And I say all of Ontario's colleges have partnered with us, and uh, we look forward to building on that and using this additional funding as ways to leverage that and how we can collaborate, as I talked about the three Cs, how we collaborate, cooperate, and better coordinate so that we're all maximizing the, the opportunities and leveraging the full advantage of the opportunity uh, for, for young people and, uh, and the province. Yeah, a couple of great points in there. I, 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 I really like the, uh, the approach of trying to get them young um, and the, uh, the, uh, the experiential um, nature of it, I, I don't think can be uh, overstated. Um, the, the, you know, a lot of people who are in trades are in trades, I think, because they watch their uh, parents being in the trades. Um, and, and it was that contact with it and the other thing is, you know, 
everybody used to be farmers, <laughs> or at least a greater, a much greater uh, proportion of the population used to be farmers. And, and of course, you're you're in you're in contact at least with trades activities when when you when you're doing that. And now with people growing up in cities, I think a lot of these kids just don't understand what 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 it, what even goes into this. What 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 kind of what kind of reaction do you get from from younger kids when 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 they're exposed to these things? Very positive, yeah. uh, and uh, we do do surveys, and uh, they're much more likely to consider or pursue a skilled trade or technology career if they participated in our programming because it opens again their their eyes to what these opportunities are all about. In Ontario, the average age of someone starting an apprenticeship is 27 or 28. Uh, our goal is to make sure that young people are aware of these opportunities much earlier so that if that is of interest to them, it is a career path they want to pursue, they can start it earlier. They don't necessarily have to start something and start something else and then find at the age of 26, 27, 28 that maybe I should have pursued an apprenticeship. I'm going to start that now. And the later you start, the I, I think the more likelihood of you not finishing it increases. Mm -hmm. So we have a late start for apprenticeships. And we also have a high uh, quit rate. So I think the earlier we can get them exposed to it, get them engaged in it, and get them through that, the more likely they'll be successful in starting a productive, lucrative career at an earlier age. Uh, and, and again, we're trying to make sure that uh, as many young people as possible are aware of these opportunities. We're not trying to force anything down anybody's throat. We're just trying to make sure people are aware of all opportunities. And uh, so far, I think we've had very good response and a, a lot of interest uh, from our partners in education and business, uh, colleges, as I said, that uh, are helping us spread the word. And uh, we're trying to do this as, as um, much as we can virtually using social media and other opportunities. We're working to create videos uh, and uh, find other partners that we can use to promote what it is that we're doing and also promote what others are doing in this area. Again, it gets back to that, the three C's of collaboration, cooperation, coordination. How do we all work to make sure that young people are aware of these opportunities and how do we find and promote that path forward. And to that point, uh, collaboration, we're speaking today to people who are in the renovation contracting business uh, and are custom home builders. Um, if somebody who owns a company in that uh, those sectors is concerned about their skilled trades, their, their supply of labor, and, and, and concern generally about, about, you know, kids' access to these trades or, or involvement in these trades. What can they do, uh, either in collaboration with you or on their own, uh, to, uh, to help out with this sort of overall mission? Well, I, I think uh, reach out to us and find ways that we can uh, partner to uh, identify what those opportunities could be. I mean, we have huge competitions that uh, are focused on home building. Our biggest single competition is the home building competition. Yeah. And we have, uh, you know, uh, carpentry uh, teams building uh, garden furniture, garden things. We have uh, four-person teams building sheds. We have individuals building dog houses. We have HVAC. And I have to also say that uh, we have great support from, uh, from the unions, uh, from UA, from the carpenters, from Layuna. Uh, and uh, we're, we're looking to be as inclusive as we can, bring as many uh, partners as, as we can into the, uh, the operations. Uh, and uh, we have a lot of business partners as well. Uh, and uh, construction renovations is a huge opportunity for us and huge uh, part of our, our competition and the work that we do. Yeah, good. Um, 
yeah, I, I know it's a, I, I know it's something that, uh, that that these guys could get involved in for sure. Ian, what what would you like to see, um, if anything, uh, a change with the apprenticeship system in in, in Ontario? Do you do you, do you, do, you, do you see uh, opportunities there to to make it better, uh, or is it is is it just ticking along the way it ought to be? Because I I mean I, I get a, I get a lot of I get a lot of feedback that you know uh, it's too hard it's too you know it takes too long you know this kind of thing. Um, what what do do you have changes in mind that you, that you would like to see? Well, I, I think what we would like to see is how can and how, how can we positively play a role in making it easier for people to access the apprenticeship system. How do we make it easier for kids that want to pursue? We might have opened their eyes to become an electrician or a plumber. Now, how do I find my apprenticeship? How do I find my way forward? Because I hear that too. Well, it's not easy to find an employer. It's not easy to find someone that I can be an apprenticeship with. How do I find that journey person? So I think the government has uh, identified Skills Ontario as a key partner to help promote that and to create a system that will allow us to, to better engage and find a path forward for young people. And, and again, it gets back to what we're talking about, that coordination and collaboration. How do we come up with a system that allows uh, more ease of access to become an apprentice and to become ultimately a, a journey person so that you can pursue that career more easily? And I think uh, it gets back to this 27, 28 years old, we're not getting in early enough. So how do we uh, build on that? And, and I think uh, there's recognition that, uh, yeah, we. The current system uh, has been uh, working for quite a while, obviously some, some great deal of success, but there's room for improvement. How do we get them exposed to it uh, at earlier age? How do we get them engaged in earlier age? And, and how do we let them become uh, skilled tradespeople uh, as, as soon as possible, if that's where their interests lie? And so that's what, that's what we're trying to do. I think we do uh, have an opportunity to, uh, to make some significant improvements in that. Uh, and to get young people more engaged in it, and, and to have parents understand what those opportunities are. Mm-hmm. If you have parents that have outdated uh, ideas as to what a career in the skilled trades might be, whether it's dangerous and dirty, and uh, you know, not uh, not not a well-paid career path, uh, no, that nothing could be further from the truth. These are well-paid jobs. Uh, technology is becoming more and more important, and, and we you need to have right people that are interested and engaged. Uh, and uh, have that experiential want to work uh, work with their hands, but they're also working with their minds. It's not either or; it's both. You have to be uh, able to think uh, on your feet, but also be able to uh, work with your hands as well. Uh, and uh, that's what we're trying to do: is is to help find that way forward by working with as many groups uh, and uh, other organizations and stakeholders as possible to try and tie this together, so that that we can be an important part of the the solutions that uh, we think are necessary. I love that point because I think a tra- I think a tradesperson is using their mind more throughout the day than uh, than ninety uh, percent <laughs> of professional yeah. occupations. I, I I I know I spend a lot of time here, uh, uh, sort of uh, blindly filing emails, uh, and <laughs> you know, and it, it, it's it's it, 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 as compared to when you know you're trying to build something in the backyard, your your brain's going hundred miles an hour the whole time. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it, it is a, it is a perception thing that's out there. And I, I, I like the point about reaching the parents cause that's, that, that, I think that's a lot, a lot of where it has to happen for sure. Um, the, um, and the, and the, the point about moving to, uh, you know, moving on to a, you know, the, the doors are open, uh, after you've got a trade, um, uh, you know, everybody who owns, everybody listening to us today who, who owns a contracting company. 
um, is, uh, you know, they, they started out uh, in, in the trades, to just, just about every single one of them. And, uh, and, and the, the, you can move into, you can move on to, the, to those kind of jobs. You can move into engineering if you wanted to do that later on. You can, you can move in a whole, in a whole lot of different directions. Uh, and that, that, that trades education uh, uh, forms a solid base for that, doesn't it? It does. And some people want to become a tradesperson. That's what they want to do. That's what they love doing. And they can have their whole career uh, yep. doing that. Mm -hmm. But others say, I want to do something else. So this has opened a door for me. I want to be uh, a business person. I want to have uh, a, a contracting company. I'm going to, I'm an electrician, but I'm going to hire others to work with me so I can grow and get exposed to other things. So, I mean, the, uh, it, it's just a, a whole array of opportunities that uh, you can, uh, can explore by uh, getting involved and engaged in a, in a skilled trade. So one of the partners we work with is a woman, uh, Jamie, from uh, Kick-Ass Careers. And she's a, an iron worker, but she's also apprenticing to become a boiler maker. And uh, she's a, a great example as to what one can do with that career for, for, for girls and young women, but also for, for, for uh, boys and, and young men. I mean, this is a, a great career path and she's done uh, great work in promoting what these opportunities are all about for young people. So yet yeah, you're right, it, 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 the doors are open and the horizons are unlimited. Yeah, yeah. My, I mean, my, uh, my cousin, uh, uh, apprentice uh, journeyman Glazier, uh, you know, moved on to get a, a, a much more professional job with the union. You know, now he travels all over the continent. You know, uh, to, to to these meetings and, uh, and 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 working with different people. Yeah, there's there's there, there's there should be a correction to, to to people's perception on that. Um, well, listen, Ian. Th th this has been uh, this has been great. I, I think there's a I think there's an important mission here that uh, that you guys are are, are working on. Um, it, maybe tell me, can you tell me a little more about what the what the plans are for the for the, the this new money from the government? Is do you know how you're going to be applying that, or was there a specific initiative, or is it just kind of going to to help all of your various? No, no. Initiatives? There's specific. Uh, a good portion of it's going to our, our skills on wheels, the experiential yeah. opportunity to to purchase equipment, uh, supplies, and design a, a the bus on wheels to go to schools and show that to young people. Yep. Uh, we're we're redoing some of our publications for young women for the skilled trades work. Uh, for young people, we had an old coloring book uh, that we're redoing as more of an activity book. We're looking how do we translate that to uh, digital and, and uh, virtual medias? What else do we need to do to, to leverage social media uh, better? Uh, we're hiring more people to go out and work with the kids to, uh, to get in front of them uh, virtually or in person, hopefully, to explain, explain what these opportunities are, are, are all about. And how do we tie this all together and become the, the, the hub in this wheel uh, of spokes that are all, all doing this together and what path can we play to move, uh, to, to move that forward? And there's a variety of things that we've done with great success, but how do we enhance that? And how do we expand that so that we're covering, uh, you know, it's great to say that we get in front of 125,000 kids a year, but we like to see that up to 500,000 or a million kids. What do we need to do to, to make sure that we're giving as many kids that opportunity to explore what their future could hold for them. So that's, that's what uh, we're, we're, we're going to be doing. As I say, our raison d'etre hasn't changed. We are created to promote skilled trades and technologies to, to young people, but how we're going to promote that and how we're going to do that and how we're going to engage that's going to change dramatically as we better uh, engage more partners better engage business and better take advantage of some of the technologies that, uh, that will help us get our message out to, uh, to, to kids and through the networks. Ian, if people want to uh, help you guys out, if people want to get more information, 
if people want to say send their guys uh, or or their their kids uh, to your competitions, uh, what what where do they get in touch with uh, with you guys? What 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 are their conduits? We're really easy to get a hold of uh, all through our website uh, www.skillsontario.com. Uh, reach out to me, ihowcroft at skillsontario.com. Uh, we have a whole variety of uh, programming and products noted on our website. Uh, we did a uh, business summit last week, and it was just put up this morning. If someone wants to watch the uh, uh, the business summit, it was you know a skills based uh, recovery. How do we get through the pandemic? And how do we build the the uh, the skills that we need to get through this and build the economy again? Uh, we also have on there our young women's conference that we did virtually. We had. Uh, 13, 1400 people sign up for the, the conference uh, and it's available now uh, on the website. We did a First Nations conference, it's available on the website. So uh, please reach out, engage with us. Uh, if you have an idea, if you have a suggestion, uh, a solution, we'd love to hear about it. We'd love to find ways that we can, uh, again, collaborate to move the, uh, the issues forward. It's a huge, huge challenge. And I think that the more people, the more stakeholders, the more groups involved, the better chance of success we will have. So please, I welcome you all to reach out and engage with us. Absolutely. I, I invite everybody listening to uh, stop complaining about uh, skilled trade shortages and, and do something. Uh, I, think, uh, I think these guys are a, a, way, at least, a way at least to have a long-term uh, solution and, and, and move the needle uh, you know, over, over the coming years to, uh, to, to try to rejuvenate this thing in the, in the province. Not that, you know, there's lots of people in the trades and, 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 and they're doing good work and they're getting paid well and that's all good. Uh, but uh, I think, uh, I think when people say, well, we need more of it, this is our, this is, this is how it gets done eventually, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, Ian, listen, thank you for, thank you so much for joining us today on the hammer. Uh, I really, uh, I, I, I'm really uh, impressed with everything you guys are doing. Good, good luck with uh, continuing your efforts in this crazy uh, atmosphere and um, let's uh, let's stay in touch please i uh, appreciate that thank you patrick i've really enjoyed the the time uh, that we've had and look forward to uh, building on that and moving forward and we'll we will be in touch thank you fantastic thanks again to ian halcroft from skills ontario and we'll talk to you next time on the hammer thanks for listening to the hammer you can find episodes online at canadiancontractor.com or subscribe on your favorite podcasting service The Hammer is presented by Canadian Contractor Magazine.